Hello, fellow podheads. This is John Brasher from Johns Creek. Donna and I became friends while working in the advertising sales biz, so I guess that makes me Caddy's friend by way of marriage. So many challenges are being faced right now by us all and all businesses, but I'm so glad that Caddy and Donna were able to, and I'm going to use a new marketing word here that's come out of COVID, pivot during these tough times and find success in the podcast world. The shows are so enjoyable, and I use them instead of Ambien because they put me right out at night. Enjoy my second act with Caddy and Donna. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years until July 2019. Welcome to my second act. My name's Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. It's time to yank those teeth. Yank those teeth. We've been searching. We've been on a little mission. I'm sure if you've been listening, hopefully you've been listening to every episode of the pod. And you had a sore throat. You were, we were doing some checking. You, your neck was kind of hurting. We were a little worried. A lot of stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. I had an ultrasound. Yes. Had a CT scan. Yes. And ultimately, although I didn't say it at the time, I knew all uh, roads. Is this really? Wow, yeah. here we go. Okay. I knew all roads led back to. The wisdom teeth. The wisdom teeth. Which if you are a loyal pod listener, and we love those, you will recall that back in February, we talked about these wisdom teeth. And getting them well, wisdom tooth at the time, tooth. And then, if you recall, when we took you in, we took dear <sighs> when we took dear caddy in, they decided that it'd just be better just to take all of them right. at one time. And then COVID hit. And then COVID hit. And so now I have no choice. Yeah. But it's affected my speech. It's affected uh, so many different things. I had no idea. Yeah, and I will say my I'm not earache. Yeah, my, I mean, it explains everything, but but. I think the reason that maybe we were looking beyond that is because the symptoms that I've had for about three weeks now Extreme. have been very, very severe. Yeah. Very severe. And I just thought there's no way in the world that wisdom teeth uh, could cause this number of complications. Yeah. And I'm not making light of it because it is kind of, if, if you right now, if you're going through it, anything with your health, you almost have to start, uh, it's like a Jenga puzzle. You know, you kind of have to start one place and then go another place. So that's why the COVID test, we wanted to make sure there wasn't going anything, you know, going anything going on there and you were negative. And then we had a CT scan. We had an ultrasound done because you were having a lot of pain like in your underneath your jawbone and your teeth, but it was kind of radiating down into your neck. And had uh, very large lymph nodes, mm -hmm. which could not be explained in the ultrasound, which is why we had the CT scan done uh, in the past week. Never had that done before. Very interesting how, how that's done. Um, they they pump, they do an IV drip and then pump dye into your body. And it shows contrast. An ultrasound, think, you know, if you've ever seen a, a sonogram of a, a baby in the womb. Right. It's, it's two-dimensional. Uh, a CT scan is four-dimensional, maybe even more if there is such a thing. And, and so they're able to, to look at depth and contrast and things like that and um, it's just been a crazy, crazy three weeks. And I know I've not been pleasant to be around and I'm not right now either because the surgery, while we got in as quickly as we could is about seven days out at this point. So I'm in pain. It hurts to talk. It hurts to do, uh, basically anything, mm -hmm. but had I taken your lead and just had it done back in 
February. Then, well, but we really could. I hate to point. say we couldn't. I hate to say it's kind of a man thing, but it is too because I think women are better about. Well, I do like when something's going on. Although not always, sometimes we put ourselves last behind our kids. But listen, maybe it's not even a gender thing. When you feel something going on, to think that it's going to go away is highly unlikely. You know, it almost tends to come back. I don't worse. think I thought it was going to go away, no. Donna, as much as I wanted it to go away. I know. You know? And I want to talk about Roscoe for just a minute. Roscoe mm. is our younger uh, hound dog. He's my boy. I did run over him with a 5,000-pound pickup truck, but he's he, that was a year ago. And he, he survived, him. and he's fine. And we're, we're th- thick as thieves right now. About three weeks ago, Roscoe would get in my lap, and it was very aggressive about this. He would yes. climb up in my lap, and he would start licking my neck and licking my cheeks and would, would start to whimper and he'd stare. And then there were times when he would look at me and he's, he, he would start to bark. Yeah. And it was just strange because I'd never seen this behavior before. Um, you know, and I've talked to Dr. Saeed, who is my primary care physician about this. And if you, if you research it, you, you see stories about this where dogs, their sense of smell, they are able to detect cancer. They're able to detect uh, infection. infection. They're, yeah. they're because, and it's this Roscoe's proof. It was a little scary when we went down that rabbit hole uh, originally because I, this behavior again, I just flagged it. It wasn't like Roscoe. No, and he was aggressive. You almost had to push him off, like, and he just wouldn't stop. And bless his heart, I think he was. And people, some people who are listening are going to be like, "Whoa, wackadoodle!" But he was trying to tell us. Something. Oh, of course he was. And if you There's weren't no listening, doubt. he would almost look at me. And start barking and look back at you like, are you going to do something, lady? And I was like, I've tried, sir. Okay. All right. So we're on the road. At least we know what's wrong. And yes. and I do feel a whole lot better because we've had a lot of questions um, that we finally got answers to. And, and you're right. Maybe we knew all along. But I just, again, never thought that the symptoms that I've had for a month now, three, four weeks, would have ever been attributed to wisdom teeth. Wisdom teeth. But they are. So and here's the really good Going news. under the knife. In a future letter, we're going to have an some wisdom tooth video no we're not mm-hmm. we're not doing that mm-hmm. and I, I, no no we're not doing that yes. no no, no we're this not is my that. chance to get to like one mil on tiktok and i'm going for it were you going for like 233 yeah and to maybe, I, maybe you think I can, my wisdom tooth video yeah oh yeah gonna put you over okay definitely and then i'm gonna get an energy drink sponsor and maybe like some track clothes <laughs> <laughs> on tiktok you know what i mean you know how they sponsor the kids the kids are all in an uproar right now because we're, we're be way off away. task here, but TikTok could go away. And, you know, there's there's this whole group of influencers right now that are like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make $30,000 a day? You know, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I got bad news for you. You're not. All right. So on the way here today to the App and Media Group and App and Podcast Network on North Main Street in beautiful Alpharetta, Georgia. What was your hype song? I got a good one. So my hype song was um, from Blackberry Smoke. And it is a remake of a Wet Willie song, and it's called Keep On Smiling. Keep on smiling. You remember that song? I don't. Smiling. You will when you hear it. Anyway, they are releasing, or they have released an EP, which is a, a short, explain what an EP is. EP is um, an extended play, this album, but it's normally four, five, six tracks. Four, five, six songs. Um, and it's I called, call it a cop-out, is what but I call it. But this isn't for them. This was, um, the the EP is called Live from Capricorn Studios. If you know anything about Capricorn Studios, they are in Macon, Georgia, legendary studios. Um, I was reading something where um, 
They also do remake of, I think it's Easy Rider, the uh, Almond Brothers or Greg Almond song. And Greg Almond, whatever song it was, I need to look that up, but whatever song it was that they um, redid, originally Greg Almond broke into Capricorn Studios to record the song. I don't know if he pushed all the buttons. Did he engineer the song I, I think, himself? I swear, he, I think like, so. He'd hit play on one side yes. of the board and then jump yes. over and into the studio and yes. start playing the cowbell or something? Okay. Yes. I'm going to get you more information on this, but that that's, that is that is the truth. Um, the, the great thing about this EP is some of the funds are going to um, COVID-19, the Music Cares Relief Fund, which is really important mm-hmm. right now. And I love Blackberry Smoke. Um, again, they go along with my hippy-trippy vibe with... Um, Counting Crows and, I mean, not Counting Crows, Black Crows and a bunch of other people, but um, they both went to high school with me. Richard Turner um, plays bass and Britt Turner plays the drums and both of them are proud Campbellians, Campbell High School of Smyrna graduates, which I have said all along, I'm going to repeat this, there are a lot of really famous Campbell graduates. We've got Julia Roberts, we've got Ryan Cameron, we've got Blackberry Smoke. Um, we've got Holly Gary, who is a actually just wrote a huge story for Vanity Fair about the um, the island. Uh, Epstein. Yeah, Epstein, and 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 really kind of broke the story about the Maxwell woman, um, and she went to Campbell High School. So we've got some amazing people from there. We well, got Donna from Gallery Furniture. Yeah, me. You. Yeah, I mean, come on, listen, big things here. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, T. Graham's right hand man. Uh, Jody, uh, Jody, Jackson. Jody Jackson. We were, we were, a, we were a motley group. Tell, tell you what, you. Yeah. good, good group of people. But anyways, um, so Richard and Britt are great. Britt is. They have always been a very, very generous band. His daughter Lana, Lana, was diagnosed when she was really young, at like four years old, with um, neuroblasty, um, a form of cancer, and she is now completely healthy. But he he did a huge fundraiser for Choa because they spent so much time there, and he says, you know he saw these families as people do, you know, coming in and what they were dealing with. And so he raised over like 200, $250,000, um, for Choa. So they're just a great band and, um, just a, a funky trippy band. And this is a, this is a good one. Wet Willie, keep on smiling. What was your core 57 hype song? I'm going to add to the Spotify hype song playlist, a classic from Tim McGraw. And he performed it this week when ABC aired what they called the best of the fest which was the uh, highlights from the years of CMA Music Fests in Nashville that have happened. And Tim McGraw did uh, something like that. Oh, that's a good So yeah. a great up-tempo song from Tim McGraw. Now, while watching his performance this week, and the performance was from 2010, I think, Tim McGraw had his um, handlebar mustache. Mm. He was very, very, very thin, looked frail, Um he works out all the time. You know, he he's thin, but he's strong. He's got like that CrossFit thing. Well, going. but we're ten years later, yeah. so right. yeah, no, he's a he's a machine. But I think this was maybe back in the McGraw days when he was partying a little juicing more, juicing a lot, and yeah, um, and and juicing is in like kale. That's why I was so skinny, or no, Donna. Oh, okay. Like Jack Daniels juicing. Oh, yeah. And okay. he's admitted that that yeah. was a problem. Oh yeah, no, he's talked about yeah. it very openly. Um, but it was, uh, you know, he everybody just looked so young. We watched a lot of it together. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I normally, I'm not a big, and you're not either. I, I like award shows, um, but I'm usually not, I don't know. Every time this this show comes on yearly, 
for the fan fest. And I don't normally watch a ton of it, but I loved watching this one because they had just some great, as you said, performances through the years. You know, I was telling you when Lady Annabellum came on, Lady A now, back then they were Lady Annabellum, they looked like babies. Charles looked like a little yeah, baby. Yeah, skinny jeans. So cute. And um, I think Hillary had skinny jeans on. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great to see everything. And I'll tell you one of the performances that just I had forgotten about that blew me away. You know, we're both big Eric Church fans. Um, he did um, That's Damn Rock and Roll. And he did it with great Lizzie song. Hale yep. from Hailstorm. And she burned the damn place down. It was unbelievable, this song. You know, he started out singing it and she was kind of playing this long bass guitar. And then she came up and started singing and she blew she almost blew Eric's church off the stage. That's hard, hard to, do. to do. Yeah. Can, can It made me miss live music. Me too. I put it on my Instagram like it's almost story. Sad. Oh my gosh. Put it on my Instagram story. I said, I miss singing and dancing. I miss spilling my beer on people. I miss just laughing and having fun. You know how you go see a concert and whether you were in the front row, whether you were on the lawn, you look over at all your friends that you're with and you're like, oh, I love this song. I love you. I love you. Or maybe you're like, find another ride home. Exactly. Something like that. But the point of all of this is you just, when you see it, it does. And I said to you, and I keep saying this when we see things on, you know, TV or or something, you know, about a live performance, even Hamilton, we were talking about before, it's now become almost shocking to see crowds and crowds of people because there's no bigger crowd of people than FanFest. There's just not. CMA Music Fest since 2001 has been held where the uh, uh, Titans play football, the football stadium right there on the banks of the Cumberland River. For a while, it was Nissan Stadium, and then it changed to something else, and I forgot what it was. But fifty to 60,000 people for three nights packed that stadium. So 150,000 people Jammed over in. three days. because, Well, actually four, because they did Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Right. Uh, CMA Music Fest is is always held the first week of June because I know when we would go and visit with radio, it was always my birthday week. Yes. And so I would celebrate my birthday in downtown Nashville. Uh, a little bit of history about the event, which began as fanfare. And diehard country music fans remember fanfare. That's when it was held at the dusty, hot Tennessee State Fairgrounds. And artists would literally sign autographs like in livestock stalls. In boots, yeah. You know? Yeah. One of the most... Famous moments in all of fanfare, which started back in 1972, was in 1996 when Garth Brooks, who was probably 96, maybe eight years into his career, I think his first project dropped in 89. Garth Brooks came off of his world tour and showed up unannounced at the Tennessee State Fairgrounds at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning. July 11th, 1996, and he stayed put, and Garth Brooks signed autographs for 23 hours and 10 minutes straight. Unbelievable. He did not even take a bathroom break. He's superhuman. For 23 hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. And if you've ever been, you know, especially to the older one or, or, you know, when it was, like you said, back in that dusty area or even when it moved over to, what, the convention center or, you know, the lines wrap around the building and now they're very organized in how they do it. But 
these artists, that is, and I always said when people said, you know, what sets country music apart from other genres of music? The access to artists. The access to yeah. artists. And the artist, And the relationship the, that fans can make with an artist. Yes, and the artist's willingness to, to put themselves out there and be amongst their fans, you know? And you would see people, I, I can remember going to fan fairs where people would come up and it could be like a, it could be a teenager, it could be like a 70-year-old woman or man, and the artist would be like, Jim! Because Jim and Wanda had piloted their RV to every, you know, T. Graham Brown show, had brought him food, had potentially loaned him money. He'd loaned them money. Who knows? You know what I mean? It was just, that's the relationship that these artists had with their fans. And it was unbelievable how some of them had such a connection, you know. Back at the Tennessee State Fairgrounds, back in the early days, or the first 25 years, we'll say, of fanfare, each record label had a night for their concerts. And so let's take Capitol Records back in 1989. Garth Brooks is new on the scene. He's the newcomer at Capitol Records. So he plays with Sawyer Brown, Susie Boggess, Dan Seals, and T. Graham Brown because all of those artists were also on Capitol Records. Yeah. And so Capitol Records maybe had the Thursday night show. Then Friday night, it may have been RCA Records. Right. Saturday night, it may have been... Warner or whoever. And then Sunday, another record label had theirs. So it was always competitive with the, the record labels because if you were a smaller label and you just didn't have an awful lot, it was a quick show. Right. And didn't have a whole lot of star power. But then you had a you know maybe a, a, a mega label that would bring in like just BNA or an Arista. Gosh, you yeah. know, just bring in every artist known to man. So it was very unbalanced. Mm -hmm. When they moved to the football stadium and then they moved all the autographs to the Nashville Convention Center. And then they also had a separate stage for the daytime shows uh, on the banks of the Cumberland River, kind of near right behind the Wild Horse Saloon, if you're familiar with downtown yeah. Nashville. So it brought everything into downtown and, and the bars and the souvenir shops and all the tourist traps yeah, along Broadway and all, all around downtown also benefited from it coming uh, downtown from the Tennessee State Fairgrounds. Yeah, into And the it was city. a great, great move in 2001 for the city of Nashville to rebrand it from Fanfare to CMA Music Festival. And I think it opened it up to more people. You know, it was much, while there were a lot of people who came to Fanfare, it was more, I don't know, I think it was thought of as more of a, uh, not an outsider event, but didn't, people just didn't travel as much. And then when they really opened it up and they started doing, because I mean, when you talk about a mega concert, like a mega ticket, I mean, you know, when you see the show on TV, they've edited it, edited it down, you know, but you think about having Keith Urban, Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney, Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan on one bill and they do play a shortened set, but still, I mean, come on. And so people would travel from all over the country, all over the world. I saw research one year. Someone, someone from the CMA shared some research uh, with me about Music Fest. And I want to say that, and I don't remember the year, and I'm not 100% positive about the statistic, but it was somewhere between 60 and 70% of attendees at CMA Music Fest were from the state of Georgia. I believe it. And you would, you would, you know, uh, we would be there doing radio roundtables and, and, and stuff, and, and you would walk or drive or do whatever you were doing in downtown Nashville for that four or five day period. And you would see Paulden County tags. You'd see Douglas County tags, um, Atlanta tags, Metro Atlanta tags everywhere. 
Because yeah, it became for some people almost like a spring. You know how people plan spring break, but it became a they vacation went every week. year. Yeah, absolutely. Took their kids, took their daughters, there took their sons. There was one year back in 2008 that uh, I was very fortunate in my my radio career here in Atlanta to do a lot of projects with Channel Two, which is the ABC affiliate here in Atlanta. Um, WSB TV did the great tree lighting and, and and Sports Zone for years with Sandra Golden and. Everybody, and which they is were just, crazy because you know nothing about sports. Uh, well, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how I got cast for that, but yeah. um, Art Rogers was the director of programming for decades at Channel Two, and and, and we he was just a, a fan, and we became very good friends, and so they cast me for a lot of special projects, and one of them was a show, um, because at the time ABC had just gotten the rights to the CMA Awards, and part of the deal was they would also repackage the June concerts from Music Fest into a September primetime TV special, okay? So to promote that, Art came up with the idea about doing a special uh, uh, hour show, and it was called uh, CMA Music Fest Backstage, and it was David Chanley and myself. When he was the weatherman at two. Right, and did a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, David Chanley's always been a huge country music fan, mm-hmm. and continues to be until this day. He was always, you'd always see David at country concerts and uh, backstage with country artists, and so they asked me to do this show with David, and we actually won an Emmy for it. Unbelievable. Uh, in 2008. I know. And just like um, award shows, when in, you know someone wins an award, you go backstage, and there's a room for Entertainment Tonight, and then there's a room for Access Hollywood, and then there's a room for Variety, and there's a room for, um, and you just, you know, each show gets six, seven minutes with the artist. CMA Music Fest was kind of run the same way after it moved downtown and that as soon as you got done performing, you would go hold a press conference backstage for members of the media and then you would pair off and go do the individual Stations outlets or, yeah. that, that, that had, you know, Entertainment Tonight, places like that that had been given their own, um, you know, place to broadcast from or at least to film. And so Channel 2 got the rights to one of those areas. Um and it was my job to stand in the hall. And when an artist, like, say, well, hey. I, would, I would watch a monitor and see who had just come off stage and who was doing the press conference because I knew then that they were going to be coming back to the other area where we were. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have an official lineup of people that were coming by. I don't even know that people knew that we were there. This is a deal that Channel 2 struck with the CMAs uh, because Atlanta is one of the biggest country music markets and ABC markets. You know, Channel 2 is the biggest station here in town. And um, so, like, I would see Dirks Mentley and I'd be hey, Dirks. Hey, can you, you know, can you slide on in here for a little bit, you know, for a couple minutes? And yeah, can you? Absolutely. You know, and so it was kind of a, uh, um, it was, it was uh, a little strange. Yeah. You'd grab them after they came But we stage. wound up getting most anybody. You <laughs> and know? you won an Emmy. And we got an Emmy for it. But I remember Trace Atkins, uh, one of the most sarcastic assholes in the world, but in a very good way. Yeah. He's fun. Um, hey, Trace, you know, could you come in here and give us a few minutes? What are you doing here? You cod. That's what he would always say. Anywhere I saw him, he'd call me a cod. I don't even know what that is. Was that a fish or something? Yes. What are you doing here, you cod? Yeah, he was funny. Um, so it was always a great experience to be there because you 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 had such a, um, uh, you know, being in the business was one thing, but to 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 you had validation that country music yeah. is America's music. Yeah. The fact that this football stadium is going to be filled and sold out four nights in a row for concerts and that every hotel room in downtown Nashville or in Nashville period has been sold out for, for nearly a, a year, year in advance. Yeah. Um, 
I remember one year we were doing roundtables, radio roundtables, and morning drive. Doing a show, morning show from Nashville was a little bit challenging with the time difference. So we would go on the air at 5 o'clock, which would be 4 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Nashville time, which means you'd have to get up at 3 o'clock to shower and prepare and get ready if you even came back to your room, which is the story quickly I'll share with you about Kristen Gates, um, who is still doing mornings on the bull. We did mornings for a very successful morning show for uh, several years at Kicks. I'm sitting there in the ballroom at the in the bowels of the, the National Convention Center. And we had a producer. I don't know who it was at the time that traveled with us. And I'm watching the clock, and it's like, uh, you know, it's 415 Central. No, I'm sorry. It's like 315, 330 Central, 430 Eastern. So about 30 minutes from showtime. And I haven't heard a word from Kristen at all. I have no idea where she is. And I think we always had a rule that we meet in the lobby at X amount of, you know, X time. And, and we, tr- we walked down to the convention center together, whatever. And she wasn't in the lobby at our, you know, proposed meet time. And so, you know, quarter of five, three forty-five central. I'm like, you know, where, what are we going to do? Where is she? I think Matt door maybe was, our are producer. you worried? Um, no, because we had a lot of stuff in the can. Yeah. You know, uh, we did a lot of different interviews with artists and things. And so I look up at about 5 of 5 Eastern or 355 Central. Kristen Gates comes. You've heard me talk in a, a podcast pretty recently about how I would watch the door where the artists came in. Because I was curious about who you were going to get, you know, on your show. And you wanted to prepare mentally for it. And I see Kristen Gates come stumbling in the door. And she has one shoe on. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's a good night. She is down a shoe. <laughs> And she does the entire morning show and probably 30 different artist interviews. She and I sitting there. With one shoe on. With one shoe on. And some artists called it and and, and called her out. Yeah. Um, Not not many got it because. But that's when you know you've had a good night. Oh, I know. And it was always fun. Always fun. I mean, it sucked getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, I remember. Listen, I remember when we would go to during during the um, CMA Awards. When we used to, you would host the um, the after party for Carl Black at Legends across the street, which that's a whole other podcast for another day. But I mean, everybody was trying to get into that teeny tiny bar to see because they would have all these different artists, and you had to get up the next day. And I remember I went out with Mike and a bunch yeah. of people afterwards, and you were coming out of the lobby, getting ready to get in a, a Ubers <laughs> and things went around. Then I was getting in a taxi to do your show, and I'm coming in. We literally pass in the lobby of the (laughs) St. Mickelson Hotel in downtown Nashville or somewhere. Good times. There's no better time to be in Nashville than when all that's going on. I will say at the end of the at the end of the broadcast last night, you know, Luke Bryan was the host and he hosted it from an empty from the stadium empty. Um, And at the end, him and Darius played um, Small Town from John Mellencamp. And it was really good. It was kind of sad, too. You know, it was very melancholy in a way because, again, here they are playing in this huge cavernous stadium and no one's there, you know. And at the end, he said, I just really hope we get back on the road and get to see all your smiling faces soon. Time changes and CMA awards were even a bigger challenge um, because the CMA awards for like four years in a row were held on the weekend of the time change. Yes. When you fell backwards. So you went back two hours. By golly, let me tell you something. <laughs> that was rough because yeah. you had to be up at two a.m. It was a late night that weekend to uh, 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 be on the air and do the show at uh, yeah at, at three o'clock. I mean, it's absolutely nuts. But I'll just trying to keep up with that is hard. 
And you're always scared you're going to be late. Yeah, or say the wrong time. And I think there were probably plenty of times that we were. Probably. Hours at a time, maybe even. But no one ever knew because we had those artist interviews in the can. Good times. Because artists would come around. Even though you got off the air at 10 o'clock, artists would continue to come around until noon, one, or even two. You would be recording artist interviews until one, two in the afternoon some days. Yeah. And so you had a lot of them already recorded or in the can, as as the radio folk or broadcast folks say. And so you would text a producer back in Atlanta and be like, listen, uh, let's just rerun. <laughs> let's run the... Rascal Flats interview. <laughs> you went oh, plug you in went, a diamond you went, Rio. You went three, four deep on those days when you were going to be late. When it came to uh, artist star power, it didn't matter as long as uh, you're, you're you were heard on the air. People had no idea that you weren't necessarily there. Are you injured by someone else's irresponsible behavior? Do not worry. Hurt nine one one. The car accident lawyers, the expert car accident lawyers and medical doctors are ready to help you. You can call anytime, day or night, for a free consultation. They manage all sorts of car accident cases. 1-800-HURT-911. That's the number. 1-800-HURT-911. You may be thinking that because you're seeing a doctor, you're going to have to uh, pay money. Not the case. Going to be even no copay. No copay. Uh, If you've been injured in an accident and come to the HURT-911 Injury Center, zero out-of-pocket costs to be seen by a Hurt 911 doctor, and there is no charge to you unless they win your case. 1-800-HURT-911. That's the number, 1-800-HURT-911, 1-800-HURT-911. Will is our 21-year-old son who lives at home, and he came in the other day from work, and his first question is, what, Donna? What's for dinner? What's for dinner? But what he started to do... Uh, Rather than what's for dinner, we'll is will now it say to, he, exactly. Yeah, is it dinner affair? He will now say to me, "Are we having dinner affair?" Yes. Uh, tonight, and we do at least two, if not three, nights a week. We have a meal plan for a family of five, uh, which is uh, feeds a family, you know, five to six even, depending on the meal package that you choose. You can save thirty dollars off any meal package with your first time order at dinneraffair.com. Enter the promo code Caddy C A D D Y at dinneraffair.com. You select. Uh, the menu dinners that you want 15 new selections every single month you choose your delivery date and then you enjoy delicious dinners most of them prepared in two three four steps some are in the oven some are stovetop you can do some on the grill and each ingredient that you need for your meal comes in individual ziploc bags it's going to save you time it's going to save you money it's going to save you stress it's going to save you trips to the grocery store Check it out. It's worth it. $30 off your first order. Enter the promo code CADDY at dinneraffare.com. Dinner Affair, the official meal kit for families. All right. So I'm sure everybody's been keeping up with this continuing drama with Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith and August Alsina. Um, And it's just nutty. I mean, as if it can't get any nuttier with these two. It has. It does. Um, you know, August Alsina is an actor and he came out and said that he had had a relationship and a fair, not a fair relationship, a long-term relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith. And he said that the relationship had been greenlighted or basically approved by Will Smith, that he had sat down with Will Smith and said, you know, that he was having this relationship with her and he just wanted to make sure that, you know, Will was okay with it. And originally, Jada and her publicist, and and, um, August was on, it was either a podcast or a show, and he talked about this. I think it was a 
podcast hosted by a radio personality. I think it was too. Um, and when it originally came out, Jada's publicist, of course, said, not true. None of this happened. And then, you know, Jada hosts this Red Table Talk that she's been doing on Facebook. It's a Facebook talk show. She's been doing it for a while. And she's always had people on there. She had, um, she's had Will's ex-wife. She's had, I can't remember the girl's name that was supposedly having an affair with one of the, with Khloe Kardashian's, you know, now ex-husband. She's always had kind of controversial guests and certainly had controversial topics. She's been very open. Um, which is why it kind of surprised me when her publicist immediately jumped to say this didn't happen because she's been pretty good about, you know, being pretty transparent about what's going on in their lives. And through the years, her and Will have said that they are partners for life, but that they have evolved into a different type of relationship where they believe that they have to each individually make themselves happy, which there's truth in that. Um, and that, you know, they're never going to get divorced, but that their relationship takes on is fluid basically is fluid throughout the years on what that means. But the thing that I thought was so interesting about this is they, you know, they had the discussion and Will was on there and he seemed kind of agitated at her. You said that to me before. He did. And I've seen the video. Why, well, why do you think that? Because the way he said, the first question was when she said, and this was what got it going. When she said, I got into an entanglement. Okay. I got into an entanglement with August. He said, Will said, an entanglement, Jada? Like, he almost said her name back. Like, he was, I don't know. I just think he, I don't know that he was mad at her. I think what he was mad about was that she wasn't being transparent. And they've always been transparent. She was still trying to kind of talk through it in code, you know. And to me, I'm like, okay, I told you this. I said, an entanglement is what happens when you're playing Twister with your kids and you, you get in some funky position that you can't get out of. You are in an entanglement. This was not an entanglement. Well, you hear your, you hear your knee pop. Yes, or something. <laughs> and you're like, you know, this, 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 these code words that these mainly Hollywood recording people use are just ridiculous. It's like you, you were in an affair. You were in a relationship. Maybe it's not an affair because maybe you have an open marriage, you know, but you were in a relationship. It wasn't an entanglement. It's like a nice way to try to say, I was stepping out on my marriage, you know, and I'm just tired of it. We keep hearing about these weird, you know, things from, from Hollywood where they're always trying to make us, I said this to you, they're trying to make people feel better, maybe make themselves feel better about, What's going on? You're getting divorced. Deal with it. You're getting separated. You stepped out in your marriage. You had an affair. You made a bad choice. But an entanglement? That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And so that's what I was saying. I don't know that Will was mad at her because I think they do have sort of this wackadoozy situation going on. But you know what? That's their situation. But I think he was mad because of the way she was saying that. It was almost like, He's like, is that what you call it, Jada? Like, he almost kind of called her out, you know. To you, did he f look and sound as if he didn't want to be there? Yes. Why Why would he be there then? He obviously knew the subject matter that well, was going to be discussed. Yeah, I mean, I think he, you know, I think he does support her. I think he does. But and he also said in the relationship, this was another thing he said. She, at the time, they were saying they were broken up. As a couple, they weren't together. And he said, I was leaving your ass. Yeah. I was done with you. I was done with you. And the way he said it, again, it wasn't, you know what? 
it was a time in our marriage where things weren't great. We were working on it. He was like, I was done with your, you know. You can, it's a podcast. Ass. You can say it. Yes. I was done it's okay. With, I was done with your ass. Do you but get it, an explicit for ass, Carl? Yes. Do you? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. we're already there. So, yeah. but the point of this then is, I, booby. I think he was just agitated. <laughs> like, I, I think there's some subliminal something going on there. Maybe, maybe things aren't as open as, as Will thinks they are. You know, maybe, maybe this is more, you know, I think everybody's always assumed the openness of the marriage came from Will's side. Maybe it's more from Jada's side. Could have been both. It could have been both. But but why do we care? I don't care. I just, what I care about is I'm just tired of people coming up with these ridiculous words, you know, like fancy words. Again, what is the purpose of that? Like they become these buzzwords. I'll give you another one. Conscious. Uncoupling. Conscious uncoupling, Conscious which uncoupling. was first used by Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow back in like 2014, 2015. Who named their child well, Apple? So, I mean, let's just start there. But the point of this is that they just, these words, it's like, yeah, conscious uncoupling. So this week, Darius Rucker, who we love, we've met Darius numerous times, great guy, and Beth, his wife, who've been married a long time, and they have two kids, um, and they, have, they also have stepkids. They're getting a divorce, and... Um, they're getting, but the way they said it is we're consciously uncoupling. They use the same language as, as, um, Chris Martin and Chris Martin. 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 You're getting divorced. You're getting divorced. Why does this bother you? It doesn't bother me. I just think it's silly. It's just silly. They're silly. Like, I think if you want to, I think what happens a lot with artists and Hollywood types and stuff is they're all about the truth and telling the truth and being transparent and living in the light and all of that stuff. But then when it comes to actually doing that, like walking the walk, then they come up with these, these types of things where, you know, it's like her from the beginning, her whole purpose on this show, this Red Talk Table, this Red Table Talk is to be, she's grilled people. I mean, put them through the spurs if you've watched some of these shows. And then when it's her turn to come clean, it first starts out with, didn't happen. And then it's this, you know, well, I got into an entanglement, you know. And, and I think there's something to learn in just real life instead of, you know, is it to make your kids feel better? Because if it is, that's okay. But you don't, that's not what it's about. It's, well, but your kids know what that. I mean, they yeah, they, you're, they, you're, they can see through that. I think it's a and, PR statement. And like for for Darius, I'm sure it's because Darius is a big. He is a family man. He loves his kids and he loves his wife Beth. There's no doubt. They got divorced. Things change. They've been together a long time. They were married 23 years. So this is not about me speculating. Ooh, what happened? That's not what it's about. You're getting divorced. It's okay. It's okay to get divorced. You know, people have affairs. I'm not going to say it's okay or whatever, but it just seems like if I'm the person on the other end and I don't know who is, you know, like I don't know in the, and, and we never will probably, and it's none of our business, who wanted to get the divorce from the Ruckers. If he wanted to get the, or let's just say she wanted to get the divorce, is Darius like, it's not a conscious uncoupling. I'm mad. I'm pissed. We're getting divorced. You know, is is Will saying to Jada on the other end of this, it wasn't a freaking entanglement. You stepped out of our marriage. But is it done to sort of not, you know, you may say, well, I'm just doing this to make, you know, so you don't get blowback. Is that what it's really about? Or is it so you don't get blowback and you feel better about what's going on? I'm not coming down on people who get divorced and certainly affairs happen, all that stuff. It's not what, that's not what I'm talking about. I just think call it what it is, for heaven's sakes. These terms. 
I'll tell you another one that has nothing to do with divorce. If I hear another one, this is the the buzzword of of COVID, is in an abundance of caution. Just tell me Hamilton's canceled. Just hit me. You know, please. Just tell me that Disney World's closing back up. Just tell me my kids aren't going back to school. Anytime you hear that, the start of that phrase, out of an abundance of caution, you're like, just oh, give it to me. hell, what's getting ready to happen? You know? <laughs> Stop with the flowery language. Live in your truth. You're getting divorced. You had an affair. Conscious uncoupling. That sounds like, to me, you like walked in to the wrong hotel room. You're like, oh dear, no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't mean to see this. I am uncoupling. I am getting out of this situation. I do not want to be a swinger. I am not here. You know, <laughs> I'm consciously. Can we tell our swinger story? Uncoupling. What is that? Uh-huh. Oh, God. <laughs> is this the Dom? No, it was a time at. Well, we're uh, not swingers. No, it was a time at uh, the Ritz Carlton. Ah, yes. Should we share that story? Maybe not. Well, it wasn't anything bad. No. We had gone. No, and, to, and let me be clear here, too. To each their own. Absolutely. I'm a little surprised that you are as, um, I'll, I'll stop short of saying obsessed, about the, the Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith language. No, or I, the conscious uncoupling from I am Chris about Martin each and, their and own. from Darius Rucker. Yeah, I am about each their own. I just think. To, I mean, each marriage is, is sure. only really matters to the two people that, that are in it. Exactly. So don't. my point is, is, is love in private, live in private. Don't put it out there. And if you put it out there, call it what it is. That's what it's about. I'm not judging. I mean, live your life in private. If, you, if, you're a, if you're a musician or a star and you have to put it out there, then, you know, just, I think, because I also think what happens to you when you, I said this to you, if you just said, if, if they had just said we're getting divorced, you'd be like, that's sad. Another divorce. People can't live together in the COVID. You know what I mean? And you'd move on. By, by putting these weird words on it, it makes people, it's, you know, makes people dig for more, think there's something else there. It's like when we've talked about before when Kenny Chesney got divorced from Renee Zellweger. Right. You got divorced. He should have said, I knew this woman literally for seven days and I had no idea what I was doing and I got married because everybody else was getting married and I shouldn't have gotten married. People be like, oh. But instead, she puts on there fraud. I think that was a legal thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't think she did that to be disrespectful or to, to cause. But it did. Um, well, it certainly did. And I, I don't think that she was being malicious about yeah. it. I think that, that legally she had to use that language for whatever reason. Don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like we talked a little bit about the Lady Annabellum Lady A lawsuit. Yeah. And if you do a little deeper dive into all of that, and, and Rolling Stone had a recent article with an entertainment attorney about it, and a lot of the language that they used, uh, they had to use legally. Right. You had to use it. Or yeah. otherwise... Um, well, it had to be in there for the for the legal documents to be filed. Right, when it comes to trademarks and, and stuff yeah. like that. And so I um sometimes I think people want to read into things when there's really nothing there. Yeah. And it was done because it had to be done. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Even in, in, in legalese and speak that you may read in someone's divorce decree. Yeah. Or child custody agreement. The language is there because it has to be legally. You know, that's, well, that's my take. Yeah, and a lot of times people throw everything against the wall just to see. Yeah. What's going to stick? Do, do you think that this rash and this? Let's just focus on country music here for a minute. You've had uh, Casey Musgraves and Rustin and her husband, and you've had um, Carly Pierce and Michael Ray. Yep. You got Darius Rucker and Beth. Yeah. Do you think part of this may be that these individuals are so used to living lives 
apart from one another just because of the nature of the business being on the road all the time. Hundred percent. You think? <clears throat> excuse me. You think? And and now that you've been together for four, going on five months now because of the lockdown and COVID nineteen, you're living around the clock with people. Hundred percent. Because we talked about how. Um, you know, if there's a husband and a wife that have been mar- happily married forever, and the husband travels quite a bit, and that's actually a help on yeah. their marriage. Yeah. Um, and then he suddenly is 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 grounded at home and not yeah. traveling I because mean, of work. Yeah. We kind of the same thing. Do you think with the celebrities? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, we weren't made to be on top of each other 150. You and I of the have time. been for a while. We have, but we're okay. For a year, for and a year. some people, I think, come out stronger. You know, Luke Bryan was saying the other day. I told you about an interview he had, and he said, you know, him and his wife are actually doing really well. They, 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 they needed this time. Because they were too too much, you know, apart, too much traveling, ships in the night. But yeah, and I'm not calling out any person that we're talking about here, but I think that there are there are certainly situations where people come off the road and people don't know how much they drink. They don't. They just don't, there's things they don't know, and and it can feel you know it can feel very stifling to, um, you know, say one of those people we were in normal times and they broke their foot or leg or something and just had to be off the road for a while. That's one thing. Not only are you off the road. You have no idea when you're going to return, and you really don't have anywhere to go. I mean, Darius lives in Charleston, and Charleston's on lockdown, you know? So we're speculating. But the point of this is, I'm not again, I'm not calling out any individual for what was going on in their life, but I think you do find out things about people that you're kind of able to hide when you're not around them 24 hours a day. Okay, back to the swinger story. Oh, this of course, the swinger story. So we had gone to see Kenny Chesney, and we took— Oh, you're going to talk about that swinger story? Yes, I was talking about that one. Okay. So we you t- first. We took uh, this Uber back, and we, I don't know why. Anyways, we came back to. We were staying at the Four Seasons. Yes. Okay. We were staying at the Four Seasons. Back when we were just we print, money. print money at yeah. home. We had a moneymaker, literally. Yeah. And so we. Not, not so much anymore. We went to the bar, I guess, downstairs at the Four Seasons, and these people invited us up to see their condo. And we're so naive. I mean, this is probably 10 years ago. We're like, sure. You know, and they were, we had been talking to them all night. They were younger, kind of like us. And um, I don't think they made a direct pitch for swinging. But when we got up there, it was like, mm, maybe we don't want to see the condo, you know. <laughs> My story was about the Ritz-Carlton in Buckhead when we had hosted, I had hosted the Front Page Club. Oh, yes. Yes. Which was the yearly award ceremony for Carl Black and their top 10 salespeople. Yes. And they celebrated their spouses too because, the, the you know, the they're never around. And so the spouse is making a lot of sacrifices because their husband or wife's in the car business yes. and gone all the time and working seven days a week and, and, and long hours. So it was as much a salute for the husbands and wives of the top 10 salespeople as it was anything. Where'd we been though? And suddenly we wind up in some room with robes on. Yeah. <laughs> but we were, again, we're not swingers. That's all we need is to start this out there. We're not swingers. We just seem to. Everybody had I robes think on. You know the robes friendly. they leave in your room? You I know, like at the Ritz-Carlton or, you know, Highbrow Hotel, Motel? I think you and I are too Hotel. friendly. Don't huh? you think? I think we're too friendly. Is that it? There was that time at Key West when those people tried to buy us, you know, they were buying us drinks. Uh, at the drag I mean, show. I just think we're like an easy mark, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we probably need to be careful. So, yeah. Let's just set the record straight. Let's reset the table. We're not swingers. Um, but we are friendly. And do what you want with your own marriage. Exactly. But call it what it is. All right. Here in the coming weeks, you're going to notice a web redesign at askforthewolfman.com. That's a website for gallery furniture, a family-owned business for uh, over three decades. 1600 Browns Bridge Road in Gainesville. Talking a moment ago about uh, famous Campbell High School. What was the mascot? 
the mascot? You're the Panthers. Camp, uh, famous Panthers from Campbell High School. And uh, Donna, as for Donna. Absolutely. Uh, is one of those esteemed alumnus. Yes. Something for all your home needs and all the great prices. Uh, look ahead to fall. And if you have a, a young adult in your family, I hate using kid when it comes to, you know, have a kid going to college. Your kid's not going to college. Your young adult's going to college. Uh, going to be living in the dorm or off-campus uh, apartment housing. Uh, you can find all that you need at Gallery Furniture. They got you covered with many brands and styles. They also offer financing, tons of bedding options, recliners from two ninety nine, Voyager by Catnapper, uh, sofa love seat sixteen twenty nine. Pick your color, brandy, slate, or elk. Ask for the Wolfman dot com sixteen hundred Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. That's Gallery Furniture. Selling your home for what it's worth is as simple as economics one hundred and one. It comes down to supply and demand. Your house is to supply potential buyers in the market your demand. The old way of an agent putting a sign in your yard and putting your listing in the MLS may or may not get your home sold these days, but more oftentimes than not, this can lose you thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars of your money. Many times the seller never knows they could have gotten more for their biggest investment. Maximize your profit. Sell your home on your time frame without being pressured. Call Tracy Cousineau, real estate expert advisors. They can get you up to 18% more money than traditional real estate agents. It's a multi-million dollar strategic marketing system. Drives the most demand for your home. TracyCousineau.com. That's cousin with an E-A-U because you know she's going to sell your home. Or reach out to Tracy at 855-MY-EXPERT. Debbie Rising is a pod peep for this episode of my second act. She was so sweet. She um, reached out to me and she said, I love listening to second act with you and Caddy. I've listened to him on the radio from the day he started until that terrible, terrible day, Debbie. A terrible day nearly a year terrible. ago. Over a year ago, like it, a, 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 a week and four days. In radio or history. A year and four days. Yes. A terrible day in radio history when they got rid of the best DJ ever. Damn right. Um, I just re-listened to your June 23rd podcast with Uncle Hoppy. Poppy. He's actually Uncle Poppy. Um, where we talked about Roscoe losing his... Um, his favorite stuffed animal. And then he got a stuffed animal back, uncle Poppy. And then he killed him. He took all the stuffing out. And then you threw him away. I'd throw him away because the squeaker was there. So she said, if you still have him, I will restuff him and sew him up so that Roscoe can have his stuffed animal back, which was so sweet because I can't sew. Um, but I had to tell her that he's gone, unfortunately. But Roscoe has found, he has a little, um, don't worry. He has a little basket full of toys and he has this weird little baby doll. Ooh, it literally is a baby doll. It's creepy. And he carries it around by the arm. So I'm sure if someone comes up the driveway, they're like, oh my God, that dog's chewing up those people's baby. But, you know, it's not, <laughs> not a good look, I guess. <laughs> no. For someone. But thank you. In the neighborhood. Thank you for listening, Debbie. And thank you for offering to sew. You know, you love to give me hell about not having uh, uh, tools and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, we don't sew, we don't have an iron. We have an iron. We don't have an ironing. We don't board. have an iron. Where is the iron? I've never seen an iron in I our house iron. in 17 okay. years. Uh -huh. Nathan Roberts. Uh, shared a funny story with us. Nathan, a, a very, very large supporter of the podcast since the beginning. Uh, I want to share a funny story with you and Mrs. Donna. We had a, uh, uh, Nathan's in the funeral business. Yes. On the south side of Atlanta. We had a funeral yesterday and I was driving the hearse to the cemetery and we made a left turn on red. Love that. In a hearse, y'all. I started laughing. The funeral director asked me why and I told her about the podcast and the story. We had a police escort, so that's why uh, we did the left turn on red, but I uh, thought about the podcast. Go for it, Nathan. I don't care that? if you're in a hearse. I don't care if you're whatever. I mean, just do it. Free yourself. Holly Wharton, W-H-R-T-W-H-A-R-T-O-N. 
Uh, Caddy and Donna, I wheeled into the Starbucks drive-thru blasting Charlie Daniels. Yes. Ordered my usual. I scanned your barcode. But I couldn't just let you buy my drink. I had to pay it forward. Paid for the family behind me and left a fat tip with your name on it for the barista. Thank you for your kindness and inspiring me to do some good too. Love the podcast. I love that. Holly is a subscriber of The Letter and we've been throwing in uh, free Starbucks coffees for the past couple of weeks. And this week, because Dan requested it, who is a pod peep, we're throwing in free Duncan. Duncan this week when you subscribe to The Letter. Hit your inbox Saturday mornings around 9 o'clock. It's a... um, Supplement to the two podcasts that you heard during the week. We always show a picture of the person that introed each podcast, each of the two podcasts, and photos from behind the scenes of the stories that we talked about. Do we have any photos of us in the robes with mm-hmm. our friends? I don't think so, but we'll see. At the Ritz Carlton? Yeah, we'll see. Don and I both go through our camera rolls mm-hmm. about uh, Wednesday and get all the stuff to uh, to Carl Appen, who uh, puts together and publishes the newsletter. Uh, and we're, we're so grateful for that. I know it's a lot of work. Alt titles for episodes uh, during the week, and I write a little open, depending, you know, uh, varies on what's on my mind. And allows us to spend Saturday mornings together too, and just very it's free. We don't share your information. And if you want to sign up for the letter, text left on red, no spaces. Red is in the color. Left on red is the number two two eight two eight, and you're in. Uh, one more pod, Pete Melanie Johnson. Caddy and Donna, y'all talk about step-parenting and divorce a lot, and I truly appreciate you bringing the subject to light like you do. Caddy, sometimes I think you are my long-lost big brother because it's crazy how our experiences with our parents' divorce are so similar. I was also the check-getter and the go-between for my parents, and it does mess a kid up during a very critical time, very crucial time, rather, in child development. Uh, This episode had me in tears, not bad tears, but the good tears, where I finally realized I wasn't alone in this. My parents didn't speak much, to each other at all after they divorced and literally weren't in the same room until my sister gave birth to my nephew almost five years ago. Donna, I also want to commend you uh, commend you for your parenting. The way you talk about Will just warms my heart, as it does mine, Melanie. Uh, it's obvious through the podcast that you love Will as your own. It takes a very special person to be a step-parent, and you are doing a fantastic job. Thank you for all the heartfelt conversations and the, quote, I felt that moments. Loves and hugs Melanie Wilson, uh, Melanie Johnson, rather. Thank you, Melanie. We, we get a lot of feedback when we talk about step parenting and divorce and trying to do it the right way. And, and yeah, I think a lot nobody of people, ever does it the right way. No. But what we're able to do is look backwards through, through 15, 18 years of very, very ugly, well, ugly, contentious yes. times. Uh, and, and say, you know what? There were things that we did wrong and, and we regret it. And, um, so if you're able to to take something away from that, then we've done, you know, we're not perfect in, 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 in anything that we do. And co-parenting and, and balancing divorce and blended families has been a challenge. Um, but if, if if someone can learn from our mistakes and... Our, our, two, our, our hundreds of thousands of dollars that we spent um, on court cases and let us help you, yes. And thank you, Melanie, for listening. John Brasher introed the show this episode. Yeah, so I call him Brasher. Um, so John worked with me at Atlanta Magazine. He is the um, publisher for the Atlanta Magazine Custom Division. So he does all of the custom books that go out to everywhere, like Southbound, the Travel Magazine, and different cities' guides and stuff. And I called him my husband. Everybody has a husband or, or, or a 
a work wife. He was like my work husband because um, we just clicked the minute we met. He is hilarious. He lives in Johns Creek. He has a, a beautiful wife named Shay. They just celebrated, I think, 26 years being married. He has two sons, Garrett, who um, played football at Samford, and Brooks, who graduated from Georgia Southern. They both went to Mount Pisgah. And John is hilarious. I mean, like, he could have his own podcast because he is so dang funny. Um, and funny fact about John, his dad provided um, protective services for LBJ. How about that? For Lyndon B. Johnson? Yes. Yes. So he was in the Secret Service? Not John, but his dad. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if he's in the Secret Service, but he provided protection. That's, that's what I know about it. Um, but John is so funny because he... Um, we would always go, we, Atlanta Magazine is down downtown, when I say down downtown, like literally by the Hard Rock. And so we would always go, I would come find him every day, like, where are we going to go eat? And, you know, are we going to go across the street? Are we going to go down to this place we called the Braves Place? It was like this place where you could get like a $2 chicken. It was a Braves Grill, right? That's <laughs> a Braves Grill. Owned by the same people that own Goldbergs. Exactly. Okay. Um, but to get to those places, you have to walk by some shady situations. I'm just going to say it. And so John taught me the mastery of deflection. And so every time we would walk out of our office, I'm trying to have a conversation with him and I'm clicking along in my heels, trying to catch up with him and talk to him. And he pulls his phone out and is on his phone and he's having this conversation. At first I thought it was real. And I later learned it was an imaginary conversation, but it was so anyone who stopped us along the way to ask to borrow money, ask if we want to sign a petition to save the animals, you know, <laughs> ask us anything. He was like, I, I can't talk to him on the phone. And I, meanwhile, I, they would be like, do you like, because you know how they bait you. If you've never worked downtown and you've never had these people, they bait you. They're like, do you like animals? I'm like, I love animals. He's like, no, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm like, and then I finally learned. They'd be like, do you like saving children? I'm like, I no. love children. No, you don't. You don't like kids. No. <laughs> So he kind of taught me the the art, the subtle art of deflection. And um, he's just a great guy. And we appreciate you doing our opener, Brasher. So thank you. A few ways we can communicate in addition to uh, the letter, social media channels, Instagram and Twitter at ATL Cadillac. Uh, you can also listen on your smart speaker. Just uh, smart. What did I say? Your smart speaker. I can't wait to get these wisdom to that. Your smart speaker. My smart speaker. <laughs> your smart speaker. You can say, uh, Alexa, play Cadillac Jack in the latest uh, episode of the podcast. We'll pop right up. You can also reach out to us via text and voicemail at 770-464-6024, 770-464-6024. And as always, I want to check oh boy. and see if anybody... This is always mildly depressing, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. ...has taken the time to reach out, and they have not. Okay. Okay, but the number is wide open. And come straight to my phone. That's 770-464-6024. We have a small ask of you three things. If you uh, be so kind, number one, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. And we have some really big, exciting uh, announcements coming up that uh, Don and I cannot wait to share with you. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews to the pod. And number three, show our sponsors some love, and they include Dr. Brian Veal and the crew at 1-800-HURT-911. Tracy Cousineau, Real, Real Estate Expert Advisors. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. And Dinner Affair at dinneraffair.com. New episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays of Cadillac Jack. Thank you so much for listening. Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Mm -hmm.